It just so happened that in North Medford, where I lived, is where sort of all the crime bosses lived in the suburbs near Boston. So it was just funny that, you know, going to school with the daughter of the mob boss and having the guy down the street, you know, go to jail for a year and it was no big thing. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's life in Medford. <laughs> Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at Mindset.Zone. Today, my special guest is Lou Bertone. Lou has spent over 20 years as a marketing executive in the television and entertainment industries, including things as national promotion manager at E! Entertainment Television and senior vice president of marketing for Fox Family Worldwide in L.A. He's also an author of several books and a keynote speaker who I know for more than 10 years, and that is my pleasure to interview him today. So welcome to the Mindset Zone, Lou. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate being here. Thanks. And I'm really, I know you for, like I said, for more than a decade now, uh, and you always have a unique sense of humor and um way of seeing the world. And it's not surprising when I learn about your fascination by the Godfather, mm -hmm. but you take it to a whole new level. <laughs> so you even create a keynote called Loyalty is the next currency based on what you learn from mafia <laughs> and, and the Godfather in general, uh, that you see that some of that lessons can be applied to business. And I was, what? What is this? Tell us more. So this grabs our attention without any doubt. You know how to do your marketing. You are grabbing people's attention. But tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, it, it's not your typical uh, <laughs> business advice. But my obsession with The Godfather really started at a pretty young age when the film was first released on my birthday, actually, in 1972. And um, it what struck me, I was I was just 11 years old, and I saw it at a drive-in movie. I was probably supposed to be asleep by then, but I was still awake, and I was looking up from the back seat and saying, oh my gosh, these characters, even though the movie took place in 1945, all these people in the movie look really familiar. I love that. You are saying that was the scene of the movie at an age that you are not supposed to be seeing that kind of movies, but you were there in a drive-in, and what happened? So I saw, it was really the first time, honestly, that Italians had been seen, you know, not as a, a cliche, but they were very authentic with family and honor and loyalty. And those were the kinds of things I recognized from my neighborhood growing up in a very Italian neighborhood with Italian grandparents who came over from Italy. So um, it was really the first movie to present Italians in a very authentic way and really focus on family and tradition, <clears throat> excuse me, and loyalty. And it was only later that I discovered that the movie director, Francis Ford Coppola, actually created the movie as a metaphor for 
corporate America. So he was talking about this was the 70s. He was talking about greed and, you know, those kinds of themes. And so he presented the whole movie sort of like, well, crime and business are essentially the same thing. <laughs> okay, so let's unpack this a little bit. So tell me again, how old were you when you saw the movie for the first time? I was just 11 years old. And having grown up in a very Italian neighborhood with uh, grandparents who came over from Italy, um, the Godfather really resonated with me because they were talking about family and tradition and loyalty and things that really hadn't been talked about before. And as I mentioned, Coppola sort of set up the movie as a metaphor for business in America. And he was kind of saying that crime and business are two two different sides of the same coin. So it was sort of a a commentary on uh, America at the time. And that, how do you say, so fascinating that as uh, you, you were not a teenager yet, nice. and you had this fascination about you felt some of the things that you you were familiar from um, from a, being raised in an Italian family and an Italian neighborhood, you saw that the importance of the family, yeah. importance of the meals together, a certain cultural flavors were there representing the movie in a, mm -hmm. in a way that you could identify with, uh, even with all the other thing going on of all the crimes and all the corruption and all the other craziness that were going there at the same time. And then afterwards, as an adult, learning about, oh, okay, you, you was trying to make here, uh, use this as a, a metaphor for something else that yeah. <laughs> of the corporate world that you also were part of. You learn about the the corporate world as part of the corporate world, uh, not maybe so much of the greed, but part of the Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood, there is loads of greed there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a little bit of a you know, it was kind of a cynical commentary, but I think the emphasis on loyalty, both in The Godfather and the Mafia in real life is what kind of fascinated me because the power base for The Godfather and for the Mafia is based on um, loyalty and trust. So even among thieves, even among The Godfather people, um, they had a code of honor, which kind of fascinated me. And I think a lot of what's missing in today's business world is, is you know, just that loyalty and trust. Okay. T tell us a little bit more. Okay. So because that is the center of your keynote now and what you speak a lot and you have to train. You are using that code of trust that is so clear when we look to the mafia culture. Right. Uh, that maybe there is something not, uh, something good that we can learn of all the craziness that, that that world is. Yeah, I mean, if you look past the violence, I think what you see is that... Um, Trust is an asset. Um, I say in the keynote that favors by loyalty. Um, in the movie, Don Corleone, the godfather, is granting all these favors on his daughter's wedding day. And what he's really doing is, you know, he's very benevolent and he's he's granting these favors in return for a vow of loyalty. So, you know, he's building up trust as that asset and, and sort of kind of showing that relationships in business are what, what matters most. And what do you say to people like me that really the violence is really difficult to get over it, mm -hmm. to see the other side of it? Yeah. And again, I think, you know, that I, you know, sort of look past that in terms of like, okay, well, that's Hollywood. You know, they're making movies. There's lots of explosions. There's lots of gunfights and craziness like that. 
But, you know, I kind of look past that because for me, the part about family and tradition and, and loyalty and honor, those are the things that fascinate me. And that's really how the mafia started in Sicily was the government was so, you know, uh, ignored people's problems and they, they didn't help the poor. So the mafia kind of sprang up as a way to help these downtrodden folks um, that the church and the government and the state wasn't helping. So it's just kind of, yeah. I mean, obviously it got corrupted from that, but it began as a relatively benevolent way to help neighbors. And with all the complexity, because for me, what I find fascinating in this and what you are doing is showing the nuances of stuff that I think is so important. Yeah. We have, uh, it's natural for us as human beings to try to see things black and white, put things in boxes. It's just the way that our brain organizes things. Mm -hmm. But it's also very important that we see the complexity of the situations and how even in very bad organizations like the mafia, there maybe there is something that we can learn from it. Yeah, I mean, I'm and, the, the really old initial first code of honor. Like I remember my grandmother saying, tell me with whom you go and I'll tell you what you are. So that's an old traditional Italian maxim that's like, you know, like the business world says you're the five people, you know, you're the yes. five people you spend the most time with. So I love that. I just say how because that when you said the quote from your grandmother, I immediately thought about that more modern quote that is now we repeat so much. Okay, you have to see the company that you keep. Who are your mastermind? What are the five people? Yeah. That, and how there is. Uh, an origin of it in the uh, that you recognize in the in your own uh, culture of origin, mm -hmm. and be, because that is the other fascinating thing about you, you were um, raised in um, in the Boston area, correct? Yes, in an Italian neighborhood. <laughs> it just so happened that in North Medford, where I lived, is where sort of all the the crime bosses lived in the suburbs near Boston. So it was just funny that, you know, going to school with the daughter of the mob boss and having the guy down the street, you know, go to jail for a year and it was no big thing. It was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, my dad's in Florida. He, he, he got arrested for bookmaking or something. And it was like almost so just, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's, that's life in Medford. <laughs> yeah. So you were with that culture about that rules were there of uh, trust, loyalty, who you, and to play with it, um, to know the rules of the games and how to survive in that. And at the same time, how do you say, uh, so you had a little bit of awareness of the good stuff and the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. And now there are so many questions in my head because I'm wondering when you saw the movie at 11, if you realize the level of violence that they could also do, was that surprise for you? Um, yeah, but I think we were so desensitized to it by that time in the 70s. You know, there was all, all kinds of crazy movies and things on TV that it was just like, yeah, 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 that's just the movie. But I, I kind of felt like, you know, it reminded me of things my grandmother would, would say all the time, like, um, you know, a good name is better than riches. Like, okay. So you have to protect your reputation. And I take that 20 years later in business, like, okay, our reputation is all we have at the end of the day. You yes. regard it like gold. So when my grandmother said a good name is better than riches, she, you know, she, I just took that to mean like, okay, well, we really have to be, you know, respectful and, and guard our reputation. Because of your culture background, when you were seeing the movie, you filter the information you managed to, and uh, okay, there are loads of most of the violence was not the thing 
that you were seeing the implicit things, the implicit rules that were happening in the background, and you were identifying with your own growing up, and then years later, how that translates in the business world. Right, right. So wow. when I look at the quotes like, um, you know, someday, the Godfather says, someday and that day may never come, I may call upon you to do a favor for me. So basically, he's, he's saying, I'm going to help you out here, but someday you may owe me a favor. So he had all these people are in your debt. And I think, you know, maybe unconsciously, even I did that in business when I was in corporate America. I took care of everybody. I did them favors. I felt like, oh, you know, now all these people kind of, you know, owe me favors. It's like having friends in high places. And that, so let's differentiate this because I think very interesting because where you say the original mafia was the need about people protect each other, protect their tribe, mm-hmm. protect one another. And that is a beautiful thing that I think we all need. And the thing about we want to have our strategic alliance in business, we want to take care of all the stakeholders involved mm-hmm. and that the uh, loyalty are there. At, uh, at all levels, I think pays off in big ways in business. And that is a good thing. But if greed intervenes, if corruption intervenes, then is when, uh, and we have examples in the corporation go totally away, yeah. is where things can go out of whack. And is not, we should not take the baby, uh, throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. Right. The way that the Godfather addressed that is that there was a quote in there where they said, it's not personal, it's strictly business. So they think that they justify all that by, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have to do what's best for the business. We have to think with our head and not our heart. You know, we can't let emotion cloud our judgment. So that's, you know, at least the movie part of it. That's how they kind of looked at business. At the same time, by that justification that I think in corporations also happen a lot because it's the the numbers, the financial goals, they betray, speaking about loyalty, they betray the the fundamentals that is protecting their own odyssey, uh, the goodness of the fundamentals. Yeah, it's the irony is that now, um, when we talk about loyalty in business, um, it's harder than ever to cultivate loyalty. Um, well, especially if the company is greedy or, or you know whatever. But but because in a post-pandemic world, we're working remotely, we're working hybrid, we're not necessarily in the same room or, or office together. It's really hard to cultivate that loyalty. So the companies that do it well and take care of their employees. Uh, the companies that are really, you know, um, benefiting from it. So the, the uh, even the, the new workforce, the virtual uh, workforce of working from home uh, can bring new challenges and the, the cultivating of, and even all the HR and all the, the problems that um, uh, the rules and regulations that sometimes that they make, yeah. make it more difficult for people to develop the friendships Yes. So we're not at, hey, around the water cooler. We're not necessarily, you know, going out for beers after work. I mean, I look at my kids who are grown up there. I have 25 year old twins who've been out of school for three years and they have never worked in an office. They've been 100 percent remote, 100 percent of the time. And I think, oh, my gosh, how do you have any loyalty to your company? How do you build that trust when you're not ever? Well, now, you know, they have events and things like that, but they're rarely in the same place at the same time. How are they developing that? 
it's harder for businesses. And again, businesses that do it well, they, they'll have mixers or they'll say, okay, well, we're going to come back to the office on Fridays and spend some time together. or We're going to have a corporate meeting here or there. Now that the, you know, we're sort of past that part of the pandemic where people can finally come together, but it's not easy. I mean, I look at a company like Wegmans and I think a lot of their success is based on the fact that they treat employees so well. I know that they send their their cheese, their deli people go to, they send them to France and Italy to learn about cheese. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go, you're gonna send me to Italy so I can be a cheese expert. And then when, when they come back to Wegmans, I'm like, this company takes pretty good care of me. They sent me to France to, to taste cheese. So. So it's, it's creating that opportunities to have the experience for them to know more about what they are doing, to love what they are doing, to be experts and also to bound with one another. Yes. So I think, you know, if you if you go to um, France with a group of people and, and you're learning about cheese, you come back, you've got to bond with those people and with the company because the company cared enough about you to, you know, send you all the way overseas to become an expert in your niche. I love that because it's like we are moving forward and the remote work is here to stay in one way or the other. It's going to be an hybrid model almost for sure for the future of most companies. But it doesn't mean that if we acknowledge the importance of building relationships, being that loyalty there in the culture and within, within the organization and then to the customers, uh, there are things we can start to think outside of the box and we can start to provide other ways for people to create that. Right. Yeah. You just have to be more creative. You know, people are having, um, you know, holiday parties on Zoom, at least last year they were. So everybody comes together that way. Um, you know, obviously it's more difficult than being face to face and in person, but, you know, you still have to make the effort to try to build that trust and loyalty uh, inside and outside the business. It, the same goes for customer loyalty and brand loyalty. I, I think you know this because in the in the talk about loyalty, I say that there's a, a report that says that 77% of brands could disappear tomorrow and no one would even care. So um, Nielsen says customer disloyalty is kind of like the new normal. And, you know, under 10% of people consider themselves to be brand loyalists. There are still a few brands, you know, like Harley Davidson that people are kind of like really, you know, passionate about, but that's more the exception than the rule these days. So one moment, because there are so many stuff here. So in the organization, uh, the importance of cultivating the relationships, the friendships, the make people being is meaningful for them to be there working and they like the people that they are working with. And by by the way, I'm just reading a book at the moment of the Gallup blind spots that, and one of the things that they speak and that we know from other sources too, that people stick in their jobs. And this is not just in the United States, it's worldwide. If they have a friend in the working with them. Exactly. So for talent retention, developing friendships is a great thing to do. <laughs> but you are now taking it outside. Okay, inner for the, the organization in itself is essential, is important. Wonderful. How for the customer, for the stakeholders that are the customers that develop that relationship that make people want to stick with you is equally important. And each time is more difficult because I think each time is more 
like a commodity people okay this is cheaper so i it's the same thing you think that is that is part of the dynamic absolutely i mean i think because of online commerce e-commerce amazon you know the customers kind of in control they have a lot of choice and they're educated now they can you know especially like if you're going to go buy a car you know you can look ahead of time and do all your research and know what you know what the real value is so the customer because the customer is in control the brands have to work that much harder to build that customer loyalty. So, um, you know, again, if I can go, hey, I can get this cheaper over there, I'm going to go over there. But if I'm really passionate about a brand and I may say, you know, I'm, if I'm going to buy a motorcycle, I have to buy a Harley because I'm a Harley guy. You know, that's the, the kind of brand. And that is one of the stories, like one of the emblematic stories of the they are identifying with that brand right. uh, by looking at it. How do you and using these lenses of the Godfather mm-hmm. <laughs> and from what you learn from it? How do you explain the success of Darwin Davis? I think, like Apple, it's almost like a cult, and I don't say that in a bad way. But you know, there there are Mac people and there are PC people. There are Harley Davidson people and there are, you know, whatever motorcycle, you know, Yamaha people. But but I think it's because they they build almost a cult of personality around their brand. And again, it comes back to they take care of their folks. I mean, maybe Apple less so now, but but you know, originally it was just really all about like, oh my gosh, this product is so good. How can you not love it? So the- Yes, there is the taking care of the customers. And I still remember I'm a Apple since the beginning. Uh, the, the first computer that I had is, uh, was an, uh, a Mac. And um, one thing that I, uh, they had that in the culture of the company, because even I was in Europe, we didn't have the Apple store. Right. And even in the, uh, in the stores that were representing Apple, I could, they never asked me, oh, you didn't, told me you didn't bought the computer here we don't help you they were always there and even nowadays so they say one thing uh, sometimes i remember a couple of years ago I, I went to an apple stores here in phoenix and i was really wanting to buy a new computer mm-hmm. so i was just wanting to have the excuse to get a new computer right. and they oh you can clean up this that this computer can last you for a couple of years more and I was oh they because they are not rewarded mm-hmm. by the number of sales but for customer satisfaction. And I thought that I learned that afterwards and I thought that was very interesting and reflects the culture. And I think for in the motorcycle, uh, YS to be Aaron Davidson is a lot about there is the brand managed to create the, like an ethnos um, kind of a culture of values associated with that brand yes. that people identify with so they want to have that because they want to be associated with it for instance the apple yeah uh, right. think outside of the box yeah the thing for creatives mm-hmm. and like you say when you go to an apple store it's an experience it's not so much a transaction as the experience of going there and seeing the new iphone and the this and the that and i think brands especially have to do a better job at cultivating loyalty among customers. And to do that, I think they need to become more more human and sort of put a face to the brand in many ways. So t- tell us tell us a little bit more about Well, like remember when it was a while ago, but the um, Mac did a series, Apple did a series of commercials called Mac versus PC. 
and the PC yes. was really nerdy and the Mac guy was really cool. So I want to be the Mac guy. You know, he's totally cool. So that was, you know, I think a good example of putting a face to a brand and trying to make a product more human. Because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, this this is just a piece of hardware. You know, how do we make how do we make people passionate about it? Yeah, and there is the thing. I'm an Apple person. I'm an Android person, and uh, there is uh, you look to the phone and you you see that. Or they say even now with the cameras being in a triangle or being in a line, yeah. you immediately it's like a code. Exactly. So yeah, and and you know that's it. Just all translate to business, and you know it kind of goes back to those like you said, values. And that's where, especially in the Italian side of the family, the you know, Italian side, they value family and, and honor and loyalty and those kinds of things. That's, that's what I took from growing up Italian. And how do you apply that in your own business or you help your clients do that? Again, I try to um, love on my clients a lot. And, you know, as you know, sometimes I'll send cookies or, or popcorn or goodies or, um, just fun little things um, to try to, you know, be more human and be, it's, again, I don't want it to be a transaction. I want it to be a relationship based on trust. So, you know, I may just think of somebody like, oh my gosh, so-and-so would love this crazy mug that has a funny saying on it. So I'll just send little goodies out like that. Almost like if you really go to the origins of the stuff, in this case, the small village in somewhere in Italy where everybody knows it's each other and everybody's helping each other. Right, right. So, you know, if, if uh, somebody's sick, everybody sort of, you know, circles the wagons and comes to their aid. So that's I think that's a nice way to think of of clients that's, you know, at the end of the day, we try to take care of each other. I absolutely that as <laughs> I think is that we are keeping a professional relationship for more than a decade says to that is all about the human connection really know people and um developing those connections in a human level and creating scenarios that is a win-win for everybody exactly where people can learn more about you and about your work and if they want to get you to speak about this to their organizations where they can go okay. to learn more the website is lubortonespeaks.com and I'm also Lou Bortone on all the socials, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. And I will make sure that put all of that in the show notes. And you also have a podcast where you uh, you say your musings about this. So tell us about your podcast. That's right. I finally uh, broke down and decided to do a podcast, but I didn't really do it so much about my business as I did it about loyalty and the Godfather. And the podcast is called Take the Cannoli, the Godfather podcast, and we look at scenes and break them down and talk about, you know, the kinds of things we're talking about here. How, how can you extract business lessons? What's happening in this scene? What was happening behind the scenes on the movie? So people that like the Godfather movies would like the Godfather podcast. So, uh, wherever they are listening this podcast and after following Mindset Zone, of course, you, they can go and search for Take the Cannoli the Godfather podcast with Louverton and have some fun in entertainment and learn a couple of important lessons too. Yes.
Thank you. So thank you so much for being here today with us and to challenge us to think about people like me that I'm not a fan of mafia movies, <laughs> to think about them from a different lens, to expand our possibilities that way. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.